Every flower on the planet has a really specific benefit for how it helps us emotionally, mentally, spiritually. In many, many different places around the world, there have been medicine men and women, yogis and Himalayas, alchemists, doctors that will prescribe their patients to go out into the wild and drink dewdrops from the tops of specific flowers. What flower essences are actually doing is they're targeting the cellular memories in our DNA. The flower essences kind of have a mind of their own. They know how to stabilize us. So once we're stabilized, they can go deeper. Welcome to the Melanie Avalon Biohacking Podcast, where we meet the world's top experts to explore the secrets of health, mindset, longevity, and so much more. Are you ready to take charge of your existence and biohack your life? This show is for you. Please keep in mind, we're not dispensing medical advice and are not responsible for any outcomes you may experience from implementing the tactics lying herein. Are you ready? Let's do this. Welcome back to the Melanie Avalon Biohacking Podcast. Oh my goodness, friends. I honestly think I'm going to use flower essences every single day, probably for the rest of my life. I'm not making that up. I am completely serious. I did not even remotely anticipate the profound effect they would have on my sense of well-being. So when Katie originally sent me her book, it was a beautiful book. I read it. I was fascinated by the science of flowers. And she sent me a kit with some of her flower essences. After reading the book, I started using them regularly. And then also after interviewing her, she sent me some that she thought would specifically benefit me. Friends, I use these every single day. So I currently have six different ones that I really like. I blend them together. I do a few spritzes. They're one of the first things I do when I wake up and then I keep using them throughout the day. The sense that they give me is just one of radiant love and peace and calm. They make me feel beautiful. And what I really love about them is they are not like perfume. You barely smell them at all, but they just create a really beautiful scent. And that said, I am very allergic to basically everything. So it's not overpowering. Like you don't even notice it, but subconsciously, I think you notice it. And I will say I was going on a few dates recently with a guy and he made a specific comment about how he likes how I smell. Um, Again, it's not like a perfume. You don't even really smell it, but just the vibe, the essence, it's incredible. I really am going to use these for the rest of my life. I cannot encourage you guys enough to get them. You can go to her website. You can take the quiz. You can get matched. You can just see which ones really speak to you. She has so many options, and I really think it will have a beautiful effect on your life. There is a discount code for you guys. You can go to Katie Hess's website, lotusway.com, and use the coupon code podcast. That will get you 15% off. Also, Katie recently released a new blend. It's called Sacred Body. And that is specifically for immunity and detox and cleansing. So I definitely recommend checking that one out. On top of all of that, Katie Hess is just a beautiful soul. I am so grateful for what she's doing. And I can't wait for you guys to hear this episode. The show notes for today's episode will be at melanieavalon.com slash flowers. Those show notes will have a full transcript, so definitely check that out. There will be two episode giveaways for this episode. One will be in my Facebook group, IF Biohackers, Intermittent Fasting plus Real Foods plus Life. Comment something you learned or something that resonated with you on the pinned post to enter to win something I love. And then check out my Instagram, Melanie Avalon. Find the announcement post about this episode and also comment there to enter to win something I love. I have a very exciting announcement, friends. 
I have officially launched a TikTok channel. I've been on Instagram for a while, but it is time for TikTok. And with the channel, I'm going to be posting daily, very high quality, awesome biohacking content, tips and tricks, things from my life. And I really want to bring the glam to biohacking because I feel like biohacking can be very male centric or focused on a certain type of person. And I just want to break that stereotype and bring all the sparkles. So please join me there. My handle is Melanie Avalon official. Please let me know what you'd like to see from me, what you think of the content. I do feel pretty shy about it. So please join me so that we can be friends and just go on the most epic biohacking adventure. Okay, friends, spirulina update. It is still coming. I know it's been taking a while. It's just because I want to make the most ideal spirulina tablets on the market, ones that are tested for purity and potency and to be free of all pesticides and just the highest quality. So we've got that spirulina source. It tastes awesome. The issue we're experiencing is that in order to make it into tablets, it requires another ingredient. If you're currently taking spirulina tablets and they say they are one ingredient, They are not one ingredient. There is something in there that is helping to keep that structure. So we're trying to figure out which route to go with this. It's really fun because I keep trying different samples. I think I know which one I like the most, but we'll see which one I end up picking. Either way, I really love the taste of our spirulina. It doesn't taste fishy or LGE, and I really experience the benefits. So stay tuned for that. In the meantime, you can get my other Avalon X supplements at avalonx.us. Friends, have you jumped on the serapeptase bandwagon yet? That's what I launched with, and to this day, it continues to be my most favorite supplement ever. It's a proteolytic enzyme created by the Japanese silkworm. When you take it in the fasted state, it actually breaks down non-living problematic proteins in your body, so it can help address an array of issues. Like I said, it will clear your sinuses, calm inflammation, It may help reduce cholesterol. Studies have shown it can break down amyloid plaque. It can help alleviate pain and so much more. I take it daily. It is one of the most important supplements in my arsenal. This is the new year. Start it off right. Get some serapeptase. You can get 10% off with the coupon code Melanie Avalon, as well as a 20% off code when you text Avalon X to 877-861-8318. That's Avalon X to 877-861-8318. Those codes will also work with my fantastic partner, MD Logic Health. For that, go to melanieavalon.com slash mdlogic. And of course, all of my supplements I formulated to be the very best on the market. They're tested multiple times for heavy metals and mold. They're free of all common allergens as well as problematic fillers, which goes back to that whole spirulina formulation issue I was talking about. They come in glass bottles to help prevent leaching of plastics into ourselves and the environment. And we even use the minimal amount of stickiness required for the labels to help with our environmental impact. To get these fantastic products, go to avalonx.us and definitely get on my email list so that you don't miss the Spirulina launch special. For that, go to avalonx.us slash email list. Another resource for you guys If you struggle with food sensitivities like I do, you have got to get my app, Food Sense Guide. It's a comprehensive catalog of over 300 foods for 11 potentially problematic compounds. These include things you may be reacting to, like gluten, lectins, FODMAPs, histamine, oxalates, sulfites, thiols, whether or not something is a nightshade, and so much more. It even includes autoimmune paleo AIP status. You can learn about the compounds, create your own list to share and print, and finally take charge of your food sensitivities. It is a top Apple app. 
often in the top 10 for the Apple food and drinks charts and friends get it now because I'm going to be updating it to a subscription basis soon. So you definitely want to get grandfathered in for life at one super low price. With the subscriptions, by the way, I'm going to be implementing some pretty cool features. So I need to do subscriptions to help support that. So like I said, get it now before we change to subscriptions. You can get it at melanieavalon.com slash foodsenseguide. And one more thing before we jump in. Did you know there are over a thousand compounds found in conventional skincare and makeup in the U.S. that have been banned in Europe due to their toxicity? If you are using conventional skincare and makeup, you are directly putting into your bloodstream toxic compounds, including obesogens, which can literally cause your body to store and gain weight. So if your diet's not working, you might want to think about what's happening with your skincare and makeup, as well as carcinogens linked to cancer. I'm not making this up. And just endocrine disruptors in general, which mess with our hormones. Thankfully, there's an easy solution to this. There's a company called Beauty Counter and they were founded on a mission to change this. Every single ingredient is extensively tested to be safe for your skin so you can truly feel good about what you put on and their products really work. I am obsessed with their overnight resurfacing peel, their vitamin C serum, they have shampoo and conditioner, skincare lines for every skin type and incredible makeup. It's so amazing that Tina Fey actually wore all beauty counter makeup when she hosted the Golden Globes. So yes, it is high definition camera ready. You can shop with me at beautycounter.com slash Melanie Avalon and use the coupon code cleanforall20 to get 20% off site-wide. You can get the latest updates from me, specials, sales, samples, and so much more on my email list. That's at melanieavalon.com slash cleanbeauty. And you can join me in my Facebook group, Clean Beauty and Safe Skincare with Melanie Avalon. People share product reviews and their experiences, and I do a giveaway every single week in that group as well. And lastly, if you're thinking of making clean beauty and safe skincare a part of your future, like I have, I definitely recommend becoming a Band of Beauty member. It's sort of like the Amazon Prime for clean beauty. You get 10 percent back in product credit, free shipping on qualifying orders, and a welcome gift that is worth way more than the price of the year-long membership. It is totally completely worth it. And I'll put all this information in the show notes. An important announcement, friends. My EMF blocking products are coming. Make sure you don't miss the launch special. For that, get on my email list at melanieavalon.com slash EMF email list. EMFs are actually classified by the IARC as a group 2B, possibly carcinogenic to humans. These are such a problem. We are exposed to them through our Wi-Fi, our cell phones, our AirPods, And they are linked to so many health issues, including anxiety, migraines, headaches, even fertility issues. This is such a problem. Thankfully, you can address your EMF exposure. I'm going to help with that with my Avalon X EMF blocking product line. So again, get on my email list at melanieavalon.com slash EMF email list to check that out. All right, without further ado, please enjoy this wonderful, beautiful conversation with Katie Hess. Hi friends, welcome back to the show. I am so incredibly excited about the conversation that I am about to have. I've been looking forward to this for a long, long time. A little backstory about everything. So as listeners know, I dive deep into the natural world and the effect that it has on our health. But honestly, and I'm I was thinking about this right before we started recording. I'm a little bit shocked in how I've kind of existed on the fringe of appreciating the role of plants in our health, specifically flowers. But three things recently have made me really want to look deeper into all of this. So the first 
catalyzing event was <laughs> the author Katie Hess. Her team sent me her book called Flower Evolution, Blooming into Your Full Potential with the Magic of Flowers. So I received the book, which honestly hands down out of all of the guests I've had on the show, which is over 100 episodes at this point, this is the most beautiful book I have ever received. It is gorgeous. I received it. I was like, oh goodness, I really, really hope that there's a lot of science in here because there's so much potential and promise just seeing the book aesthetically. It delivered 100%, really opened my eyes to the science of flowers and the effects that they might have on our bodies. So that was the first thing. The second thing was Katie also sent me her flower elixirs and I started using them and we can dive deep into that in the show, but I felt the effects immediately and honestly was a bit shocked by all of it. The third thing is actually something that I've been talking a lot about on the Intermittent Fasting Podcast. It's not flowers, but I've started growing plants hydroponically in my apartment and words cannot describe the effect that it is having on my life. I hadn't really like looked at plants before or like taken them into my space where I felt like I was caring for them and having a sort of relationship with them. It's made the whole thing very, very real for me. So I'm just really looking forward to this. I think there's so much potential here for so many people. Katie, thank you so much for being here. Oh my God, such a pleasure to be here. Thanks, Melanie. So to start things off, like I said, your book is absolutely beautiful. It's comprehensive, but you do talk a lot about your personal story in the book. So for listeners, I was wondering if you could tell them a little bit about your journey and which has been a crazy, amazing journey and what brought you to where you are today with everything that you do with flower elixirs. I grew up as, as an only child and you know, I think so many of us can relate to being little kids and seeing the world as this magical paradise. And I really leaned into trees and flowers and plants as a kid, you know, when I was playing alone as like companions. But I never imagined that I would actually work with them in the future. And it wasn't until I graduated college that I was like, oh gosh, like what am I really here to do? You know, what's that thing that I can help people reach their full potential? faster. And so I ended up traveling. I lived outside the country for several years in Europe, in Mexico. I traveled throughout Asia and I ended up meeting an expert in flower remedies. And he basically taught me two things, really, really important things. One was that every flower on the planet has a really specific benefit for how it helps us emotionally, mentally, spiritually. That alone was fascinating because there are so many flowers in the world. And then the second thing was he said that if, if we could get 3% of the world's population to be actively, regularly working with flower remedies, it would change the outcome of the future of our planet. And although he wasn't really specific about the details, that was something I felt was so meaningful and I could get behind. And I loved the idea of having something that I could offer people that would accelerate their personal growth, you know, that would help them through the bumpy parts of life. And I ended up, I started a practice first in Mexico, and then I realized I was in the wrong place. I moved back to the United States. And in a nutshell, the last 20 years has been an incredible learning process. The first 10 years, exclusively working with people one-on-one and you know, finding out about their lives and what's working and what's not working and where they want to go and creating custom remedies for them. 
And then using that experience to really drive a business and a company and a product line that can reach people all over the world. I never imagined that I would have products, Melanie. I was like, you know, just working with individuals and it just got to a point where it was like so insane. I see people transform in three weeks, you know, their face, their body language, their stories. And I was just blown away. Like, how is this possible? And how is it possible that more Americans don't know about this? And everyone in the world should experience this. So that really drove me and has continued to drive me to educate as many people as possible and essentially devote the rest of my life to making flower essences more well-known. This is so, so beautiful and so incredible. And I didn't mention in the introduction, so Katie is the founder of Lotus Way and it is the world's leading flower elixir apothecary. I'm sure we'll talk more about that. So how many flowers are there? How many different types of flowers? In the world? I mean, there's about 40,000 flowering species of plants. Do you know, like in general, for the average person, how many we're exposed to, like in our daily life that we're aware of? (laughs) that we're aware of are the keywords, right? I don't know. That would be a really interesting experiment to go around and count all the plants and flowers we see in one day. Probably depends on where you live and how much outdoor time you get. But I'm thinking it's uh, morning time for me here in Phoenix, Arizona. And from the time I did my meditation practice this morning, walked out to my car, drove by some plants on the way to the office and I'm sitting next to a couple plants, I maybe have felt the support of 20 plants and for in the last couple hours and probably all of us are a little bit similar, wouldn't you say? I would think so. I'm thinking about like in my apartment complex, how, you know, they bring all of these different flowers. And so it probably by the season just changes a lot. But I love what you just said about feeling the support of the flowers, which I think, and I've been thinking a lot about this. I was telling some friends that I was going to be doing this episode and they were saying, if you think about it, flowers are often used for support or to make you feel better. So what is going on there? So like when we use flowers, you know, like for people's birthdays or when you're sick or for, you know, so many different occasions, either of love or sadness, flowers are often involved. Is that a cultural thing? Is it a scientific thing? Like why flowers? I mean, it's like a primordial thing. It's, you know, those are times if we look at, you know, where they offer touch points into our culture, it's like you said, at transition points, essentially, like, yeah, maybe celebration, birthday, but also like graduation, getting married, romance, when someone's sick, when someone dies, they're kind of like big movements on the inside for us. And so I think it's not a coincidence that they make an appearance in our lives when we're going through these incredible transitions. And I mean, historically, you know, this concept of working with flowers has been around for thousands of years. It's not really, you know, alternative medicine or anything like that. Like as we would see it, you know, life has changed so much, you know, back in the day, we would just spend so much more time out in nature and we would sort of get the downloads or the upgrades from the botanical realm naturally. And then over time, in many, many different places around the world, there have been medicine men and women, shaman, 
yogis and Himalayas, alchemists, doctors that will prescribe their patients to go out into the wild and drink dewdrops from the tops of specific flowers that they were familiar with. So this practice has been around for a really long time of not only bringing them in, you know, as like beauty and inspiration and to help us transform, but this process of literally drinking the dewdrops from the tops as a form of really gentle way to make ourselves feel better. I feel like ever since reading your book, my eyes have just been open to the role of flowers in everything that you just spoke about in our daily lives. Because like before this, I mean, I think I took flowers very casually. I was like, oh, you know, they're nice. They're pretty. They, <laughs> We like them. But I wasn't really thinking about how they were actually affecting us. So I've been listening to this one song <laughs> by Haley Steinfeld and just realizing how much it's saturated in our culture. Like one of the lines she says, she's talking about a love affair that went wrong. And she says, I'll buy myself flowers. And then when they die, I'll be happy that they got me through. We're very much aware of how they're helping us, but I think so few of us aren't really taking it seriously. So what is actually happening? Like why are flowers making us feel differently? Yeah, it's more than beauty, color, visual image, shape. It's more than oxygen being out in nature. It is a very subtle form of electricity that is being emitted. And it's all concentrated in the flower because it's the plant's reproductive system. And that very subtle electricity can move very quickly through our electrical system. So for reference, in the University of Bristol in the UK, they actually studied bees and they found that bees are not attracted to flowers based on color or scent like we had thought. They literally communicate with flowers. They can feel the subtle electricity being emitted from the flowers on the little hairs on their legs. And there's a real, you know, subtle dynamic communication occurring between the, the flowers and the bees about pollination, about, you know, which ones, you know, how they can work in tandem together. And that subtle electricity, when introduced into our bodies, and we are, our bodies are made of lots of subtle electricities that Chinese acupuncturists have been tapping into for over 3,000 years with acupuncture. And these subtle energies move throughout our meridian system, our nadis, our chakras, all the different energy points of the body. And the subtle electricity from the flowers, or you could call it life force or chi, it harmonizes where we're static or where we're stagnant, kind of like an acupuncture treatment without the needles. It reminds us of who we really are, of our true nature. It brings things to the surface. It helps us feel better. And there are so many different types of flowers. Some are very stabilizing. Some help you sort of dredge things up to look at them, to release them. It can be as simple as you like, like, I just need to sleep. Can I have something for sleep? <laughs> or it can be very complex and, you know, going down into the cellular body memories from when you were a child. That is so fascinating. I hadn't really thought about it before about how the flowers are, you know, the reproductive part of the plant and sending out that signal. Do you know then, because this might be a naive question, but 
with plants and flowers. Are some flowers male and some flowers female and sometimes both? Yes. Does that affect things? I would imagine so. I mean, in terms of like, you could, you could have a papaya flower, you could collect a papaya flower essence that is the male part, and you could collect a papaya flower that's the female part. We did make an essence of the female part. So I actually haven't looked into that, but it may, it may offer a different sort of wisdom or message <laughs> based on, you know, whether it's the masculine or feminine part the plant. I'm thinking about that because I have to self-pollinate my cucumbers. So I've been like learning all about the male and female flowers, but that is so interesting. And I read that in the book as well about, you know, the bees being attracted to the energy and not the the colors like we thought. One of the most eye-opening analogies that you made in the book was how plants might communicate to each other. And basically this idea that we take for granted, we humans communicate each other with something like text messaging, and that's sending out information invisibly and receiving it and interpreting it. And, and we think that's very valid and normal, but a lot of people don't really take it seriously that plants might be doing the same thing with their own method of energetic communication. I was just wondering if you could expand a little bit more on that as far as like plants talking to each other and, and like the, what is it? The, my, my cellulo, I can't know if I can say it network. Yeah. Just what is happening with plants and their communication? Well, there's two, two different forms. One is more studied than the other. The first form is that mycelial network that you're talking about, which is mycelia is basically like teeny, teeny, tiny, like single cell fungus or mushrooms. And it forms this beautiful, it's almost, it's like identical to the internet, actually. It's, it's this beautiful network right underneath the top layer of soil that connects everything, that connects all the trees, all the plants, all the flowers. Essentially, it's like the internet of, of the ground, of the, the earth. And they can communicate information like, oh, there's a pathogen, you know, there's a new pathogen, and here's what you do to protect yourself from it. Or there's a new bug in town, here's how you you know, protect yourself from that. They share information, they share nutrients. There are such things called mother trees. So like a giant tree that sort of gives nutrients to all the rest of the botanicals in the area. So that's one way that they communicate. And the second way is, I call it, and this hasn't really been readily studied, but I like to call it like floral Wi-Fi. And like you said, it's very easy to look at our cell phones and say like, yeah, I'm going to send a text. I'll send an email. I'll send some music, poetry, videos. And we never question it because it just happens. But if you, you know, if somebody would have said, okay, Melanie, when you're older, you're going to have this little box in your pocket and it's going to send out these waves that are invisible. And on these waves, it's going to like ride like a magic carpet all kinds of things like images and videos and poetry and music. I mean, we would have just thought like, what? Like so out there. <laughs> like, I mean, even just talking about it, you know, it's like, I actually don't know how, how all of that information gets passed over these waves and particles. And are we really so naive to think that only man has that capacity to create that in the last how many years? And if the Earth is 4.5 billion years old, 
don't we think that somewhere along the line, there would be enough wisdom to have that (laughs) capacity, you know, in this alive format that doesn't need to be recharged, that doesn't need to be plugged into the outlet that's happening all the time, spontaneously. You know, flowers know when to bloom, they know when to die, they know when to flourish. And there is this sort of communication that's happening almost like Bluetooth when we walk in nature. And the Japanese are onto it. I mean, in the Japanese culture, they have this practice called Shinrin-yoku, which translates to forest bathing. And it's more than just oxygen. And they, I mean, they have, ah, Melanie, it's so fascinating. They have 44 of their national forests are like certified for this practice. And you'd think forest bathing is like you're in some, you know, bathtub in the forest. Sounds very sexy, but it's actually bathing yourself in the energy, the chi, the life force of of the plant life. And what the medical schools in Tokyo have found is that there is this incredible exponential healing power to mother nature. And some of the things they found are that if you spend one day out in the wild, your adrenaline and cortisol plummet, so your stress goes way down, your white blood cells skyrocket, so your immune system is boosted. But what's even more fascinating is those healthy benefits will last in your body for an entire week, even if you were just in nature for one day. And if you spend two days in the wild, those healthy benefits will last in your body for an entire month. So there's this exponential benefit. It has more than to do than oxygen. It's, it's like the life force and it's removing all your stagnancy and removing your stress and harmonizing all of the energies of your body so you can come back to your natural balance. Okay. So I have a major, major question with what you just said. And this has been honestly, probably the biggest barrier for me as far as receiving the potential health, physical and emotional benefits of nature. And it's that I am severely allergic to grass (laughs) specifically. And I know people have some people have different allergies to different things in nature. And so for me, like if I think of a forest, that's wonderful. So like hearing about the forest bathing just sounds absolutely amazing and healing and I'm down and I want to do it. But if I think about like a field, I get (laughs) even like a beautiful picturesque field, like in the countryside. It's one of the few things that immediately makes my body just feel intense anxiety So I was wondering what role, especially in today's modern environment where a lot of people have very overactive immune systems, like what role does that play if people have allergies to different plants or different things in nature? Yeah. I mean, there's a couple of ways you can approach it. One is just like, you know, enjoy it where you can. You know, if you are good in the forest and you're good at the beach and you're good at the riverside, then go to those places and avoid the ones that are making you miserable and, you know, nose runny. Another option is to work with something like homeopathy, which is similar to flower essences, a little bit different, similar in that they're incredibly diluted. And you could actually make a homeopathic of grasses that you could introduce in your system to hopefully uproot some of the causes of the allergies. Okay. I'm so glad you brought that up because I was going to ask you about that because I do think one of the things that people might be a little bit familiar with when it comes to flowers. Is it Dr. Bach? Dr. Bach's. Is that homeopathy? That's actually flower essences. So that's what I do. Uh 
I think people might confuse the two. I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about that and about what essences actually are, what elixirs are, what is all of this? But I could just like back up by doing a really simple metaphor about all the plant medicines that you might be familiar with. So herbs, that's taking the entire body of the plant and that is to heal your entire body. If someone had come into my office when I was doing consultations and said, I have cancer, I would have never said, oh, sure, yeah, just take some flower essences and you'll be fine. Because in the world of energy medicine, the body is the screen and the aura or the energetic field that surrounds us, the electromagnetic field, is the projector. So when something reaches an imbalanced state in the physical body, it's gone through energetic, it's gone through emotional, it's given you some mental flags, some energy flags. And then, you know, we all do this. We have our modern life and we just kind of ignore something. Oh, it'll go away or we kind of put it in the closet for a while. And then the last ditch effort, the body, you know, does a red flag and shows it as a physical symptom. At that point, I would recommend herbs. It's like the body of the herbs to help heal the body, whether it's tinctures or teas or Chinese medicine. Then there is essential oils, which is a distillation of literally like the juice of a plant, right? And you can do it from seeds, leaves, stems, flowers, highly aromatic. It has to be diluted to put on the skin, not meant for taking internally for the most part. Very kind of sensuous, yummy experience in the moment. And then you have homeopathy, which is a highly diluted, usually from rocks, minerals, some plants, some poisonous plants. So dilute that it's there are no more like actual chemical constituents of the rock or mineral or plant. And they call it light cures like. So like, for example, if you get runny eyes when you're out near the grass, some homeopath might say, oh, you, you might want to take allium because when you cut onions, it makes your eyes tear up. So we're going to give you a little bit of that onion so that your eyes stop tearing up. It's the same concept of like giving you actually the grass remedy to try to help your body unravel the root cause of the allergy. And then you come to flower remedies, which is most similar out of all of those, it's most similar to homeopathy, except that it's made from a living plant, a living flower that's growing in the ground. And it goes through several dilution processes similar to homeopathy. So you can actually work with flower remedies that are from flowers that are poisonous and you'll be fine because there are no more actual like chemical parts of the plant in the remedy. It is purely the life force or that subtle electrical system we talked about before with the bees. Flower remedies are really meant to be taken internally, although they work just as effectively externally, which is something that I've discovered in the last few decades. As long as it gets into your energy system, it will start to balance things out. But traditionally, they're taken internally. Dr. Bach, who you mentioned, was a, he was actually an allopathic doctor in the 30s, 40s, and he became frustrated with the limitations of Western medicine. And then he became a homeopathic doctor. And then at some point he became frustrated with the limitations of homeopathy. And then he just turned to his backyard in his garden. And he was really one of the first pioneers to figure out how do you scale the dewdrops, right? Because <laughs> I don't know about you, but 
you know, I don't necessarily, well, I live in Arizona, we don't even have to. Um, <laughs> so it would be hard to drink the dew drops every morning. So Dr. Bach figured out a way to scale it so that he could create an infusion and then be able to bottle that up so that we can bring nature into our daily lives. So if you're like me and you're on the computer too much and you're indoors too much, it's a way to bring nature in. So from our perspective, there's a couple of different ways, you know, flower essences are the same thing as flower remedies are pretty much the same thing as flower elixirs. They're just different names. We've chosen to use elixirs often because we just didn't want people to get confused with aromatherapy. They're all kind of interchangeable. And to make things more confusing, we also work with aromatherapy because we love it. So <laughs> what I'm using right now is the, the sprays and those also have essential oils in them, I believe. Right. Do you have just the essences as well? Absolutely. So we probably have 250 or so mother essences in our collection and Many of those have gone into combination blends, kind of like a bouquet in a bottle. And then we also have just single flower essences as well. Okay. I really want to order <laughs> order some. And we can, we can go into how people should pick them. So when it comes to a person finding the elixirs that would work best for them, how do they go about doing that? Is there a science to it? Is there an intuition? What's happening? Yeah, I would say the easiest way is just to see what you're visually drawn to. So like for that reason, on our homepage, we have a quiz where you can choose the flowers you're most visually drawn to. And then at the end, it'll give you a reading or like a little recommendation of where to start. Another way to do it would be, you know, if you're kind of more analytical mind, we have a search bar and you can just type in like despair or jealousy or insomnia or you know, something that you're experiencing that you want to experience less of or something that you want to experience more of, happiness, joy, laughter, ease. And, and then you can look at what flowers pop up in the blog posts and see what you're visually drawn to. I love that method the most. You know, rather than trying to overthink it, we are such complex, you know, humans. We have so many things going on in our internal world. And sometimes you really just want to get to the root instead of like working on all the symptoms. So I find that just seeing what flowers I'm visually drawn to is the fastest path to, to really figure out what's, what's priority in that moment. Do you know if there's an app for identifying flowers, like with your camera? Oh, there is. I can't remember what it's called. Hi friends. Do you want to come hang out with me and Dave Asprey and so many other guests I've had on the show? You simply must come to the 10th annual biohacking conference, May 30th through June 1st in Dallas, Texas. And of course I have a massive discount code for you guys. I went last year to the one in Orlando and it was one of the most fun times of my entire life. I met and got to hang out with so many guests that I've had on the show. I met so many of you guys. And of course, there's lots of Danger Coffee and Dave Asprey approved meals and dry farm wines. And that's just the social aspect. The conference itself is mind blowing. They have this incredible expo where they have all the biohacking supplements, all the biohacking things. You can learn about them, try samples meet the creators and founders. If you haven't tried a lot of biohacking things, it's a great chance to actually try them out in person. Things like brain tap, infrared sauna, hyperbaric oxygen chambers, and so much more. There are so many incredible speakers as well. 
You can hear talks from people I've had on the show like Paul Saladino, Dr. Daniel Amen, Dr. Sarah Gottfried, Dr. Mercola, Dr. Annika Becca, and that is just a few of them. I seriously had the time of my life last year, and I would love to hang out with you guys. And you can get 35% off tickets. Just go to melanieavalon.com slash biohackingconference and use the coupon code BCMelanie to get 35% off your tickets. That's melanieavalon.com slash biohackingconference with the code BCMelanie to get 35% off your tickets. This code can be used for general admission or for VIP access. Seating is limited. They do sell out. They sold out last year. So get your ticket now. And if you come, definitely let me know because I want to meet you. So hopefully see you guys in Dallas. MelanieAvalon.com slash biohacking conference with coupon code BCMelanie. Get your tickets now. I'll see you guys there. I'll find it and put a link to in the show notes because I was just thinking about how I have that app for wine labels. I was thinking I need one for real life for flowers. <laughs> um, that would be absolutely amazing. So for listeners, I'll put a link in the show notes to Katie's website and to the quiz that you take so that you can find what's, what you're attracted to. Something I noticed in myself taking the quiz and looking through the book and looking at the flowers is, is there a bias with color? Like I feel like I naturally gravitate towards like a certain color. And then I was overanalyzing. I was like, maybe I'm just picking the flowers based on the color and I'm not like taking in the whole flower. What role does color play in attraction? I mean, it may play a role and it also may not. Like I wouldn't overthink it. I wouldn't overanalyze it. Oh, we do that all the time though, right? I know. Story of my life. <laughs> I mean, in some cases, okay, you could say, well, oftentimes the pink flowers are really helping people generate more softness, gentleness, love. So if you find yourself, you know, wildly attracted to pinks, it could be going in that direction. Whereas if it's a white flower or like a night blooming flower, maybe you're suddenly just attracted to all the things that bloom at night by the light of the moon, then you could say, well, maybe you're going through a process of looking at things that you haven't wanted to look at before, or like looking into the shadow or shining light into dark corners and seeing that what you thought were your weaknesses are actually your strengths. You could say maybe color does play a part if you find yourself just only drawn to one color. But then again, I wouldn't overanalyze it too much and I would just go for whatever looks juicy. It's funny that you say that because I used to have, especially men, they would pick flowers and then they would, you know, I show them all these photographs and, and they'd say, well, I'm drawn to this one, but it's not really fair because everyone must be drawn to that one because it's the most interesting one. And I was like, Oh, that's interesting. You really you really think that everyone will be finding that one the most interesting because you found it the most interesting? <laughs> like, you know, just a funny psychological thing that we all have. And in fact, everyone is drawn to so many different things and it's also changing. It's a moving target. You know, you may be drawn to daisies and then you take daisy essence for a month and then next month you're like, "Oh, it looks kind of boring to me. I'm ready for something different. So it will change. It's very dynamic. It reminds me of how growing up, so fruits, my favorite fruit was and is watermelon. And for the longest time, like for an embarrassingly long amount of time, I literally thought everybody's favorite fruit was watermelon. Like whenever there's like candy flavors, I feel like everybody picks watermelon. And then probably in middle school or maybe even high school, which would be embarrassing. One of my friends said she hated watermelon and I had this mind blown moment where I was like, oh, 
<laughs> like I did not even know that was a possibility. And and even like with colors, I've always been fascinated by I love colors. Like I just love <laughs> color, but I don't like the color orange and I never have. And I've always wondered like, what does that mean? Why don't I like the color orange? Does, do you know anything about the color orange? That's really interesting. You, I mean, you might want to explore some orange flowers just to see what that elicits, but I would say orange has to do with creativity, creation, what you make, your womb space, sensuality, sexuality, all things to do with creation. And then actually speaking of that with the sexuality and all of that, romance and flowers, because people often give roses, for example, for romance. Is there something about roses or do you think that's cultural? And so we, you know, have just always given red roses for romance or is there something about red roses that's sexual? I would say there, let's see, roses maybe more love, 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 like rather than sexual, it's, it's like gentleness, loving kindness, nurturing, nourishing, softness. There's a very high frequency with rose. You can use it in, like you can make rose water solutions or rose flower essences for protecting you from, let's say mischievous spirits in the unseen realms. So it's like a very high vibration flower or subtle. and. Yeah. I mean, in my experience, roses is about like letting go of struggle and making things hard. And it's about allowing in nourishment. And I mean, I suppose that could be like juicy lusciousness as well. (laughs) But there are a lot of interesting flowers for romance, like Hong Kong orchid. I mean, I think it's funny because I'll just tell you a little story. When When we very first started doing products to sell versus me working with clients, I would set up at the farmer's markets in downtown Phoenix. And I remember there were some like ASU college girls that would come by and be like, oh, which one is the love potion? I'm looking for a boyfriend, you know? And it was so funny because I would say, well, it's this one here and it's called infinite love. But the flowers do something really interesting. They help you fall in love with yourself. They help you accept every aspect of yourself. They 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 help you fall in love with yourself so much that you don't need love from the outside. And that is incredibly sexy, which in turn attracts love. And it also helps you take care of yourself, be more kind and gentle to yourself. And everybody's so dang hard on themselves. So they feel that softness in your energy and they want to be near that. So it's this funny, like roundabout way of, you know, caring for ourselves that can also attract love with flower essences. That's the one that I've been using, the infinite love. And the first time I put it on, I I was shocked. And I don't know if that's normal. Like I would love to hear like what's the normal experience of using them and reactions, but I felt it very potently immediately. And then the more I used it, I felt like I was feeling it less potently, but you talk about the honeymoon phase and a new baseline. And so what is a typical reaction that people have when they start using flower essences and a timeline of how it might help them and how their perception of using it might change? Let's see. So the distilled version would be, I mean, there were times when in the farmer's markets where we had this really, the farmer's market had this really cool system of, well, we just invited in all different kinds of folks. And 
sometimes people would come in who were, you know, on drugs all weekend. And like in terms of immediate reaction, it was fascinating because we would, you know, even just like someone putting infinite love serum or oil in their hands and then rubbing it on their face. You could immediately see this kind of like milky film on their eyeball is the best way that I could put it just like pop off. Other times we would see, and this is just, and this is everyone, you know, it, was, it seemed to be like super apparent when, you know, people were living on the streets or their life was lifestyle was kind of rough. It was like night and day, but with everyone, sometimes we'd see people like their eyes would tear up, but not in sadness. It was just like this immediate cleanse, which I found really interesting. Sometimes their facial muscles would relax. They would laugh. So there are like the immediate things you might feel. And then, you know, the honeymoon phase is usually like three to four weeks where if you're working with flower essences regularly, like four to five times a day, you kind of have this moment where you're like, oh, wow, I feel like less irritated. I feel like I can hear the birds singing. I just feel good. Why do I feel so good? And I have no reason to feel so good. That would be like the honeymoon. And then the flower essences kind of have a mind of their own. They know how to stabilize us. So once we're stabilized, they can go deeper and they can pull up things that we may want to bring up to the surface to look at them as they go on their way out so we can free ourselves of self-limitations and old patterns. I guess to summarize what I saw in my clients, if you work with flower essences regularly by month three or four, you will start to see changes in your external life. So like in the beginning, it's just everything on the inside is changing and you feel different and you think different. And you're like, oh, something just feels really different. The outside world starts to mirror back to you those interchanges as at about month three or four. Isn't that interesting? So you start like seeing in the environment around you the things that you're feeling internally or attracting people or? Well, okay. So let me be more clear. If you take infinite love for one week, people in the grocery store will be like, I like your hair. Oh, I like your shirt. Like you'll already start to see people being attracted to you. Your loved ones will be more affectionate. So that, I mean, that can happen really fast. I mean, more like your job changes, a new opportunity comes in, a relationship you realize is like, wow, this is just not, I'm not aligned with that relationship. Or you develop a new relationship that is super aligned with where you're going. Like, or you feel like you should move to a different location, you know, like more bigger outer changes. Wow. Do you still work one-on-one with people? At this point, very rarely, occasionally, but very rarely, just because it takes a lot to run the business. But we do have other people who have been trained on our team that do consultations. When you first started working one-on-one with people, did you present yourself as flowers being a primary part of what you did or was that not like on your on your like description and then you you know brought it up later I'm just wondering did it self-select for people that naturally wanted to try flower essences or not yeah I mean that would have been awesome if I was like an acupuncturist or a naturopathic doctor and then I just had these little flower essences on the side (laughs) but I no, I went like full on 500% and it was like you know year 2000, 2001, you can imagine. 
you know, trying to entice people to come for a flower essence consultation. It was rough. Like yoga and meditation were not cool yet at that point. But I went full in. I was all in, all my chips in on on just, you know, the practice and the art and science of, of flower essences. And it was kind of cool because, I mean, my business built by word of mouth. And I would say in the beginning, probably every single client after we talked, they would stand at the door on their way out and they would be like, Katie, you know, I really, really like you. And I just, I'm not sure if this is going to work. <laughs> and I'd be like, oh, to- don't worry. Like, that's totally normal. You don't have to believe in it to- for it to work. You can be as skeptical as you want to. Just try it. What do you have to lose? There's no side effects. You know, just try it for three weeks and come back in three weeks at our next appointment. Just tell me what you've experienced. And people will come back and be like, what is this stuff? Why does this work? You know, and it would be anywhere from like people with like serious suffering that were looking for ease to people who were like, life is amazing. I just know there's more. And it was just like phenomenal to see people transform so quickly. That is so, so incredible. I have another specific question about the formulation of the elixirs themselves. Are all of the ones that you make made with honey? They are. You know what? We we used to do them with vegetable glycerin, and then I was like, oh, it was kind of an inert ingredient. So we switched to honey because there are so many health benefits with honey, and it's so good for the body. And in the amounts that we use it, you know, even diabetics can 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 take our elixirs internally. It's very little like when you actually add up all the calories and stuff. The sugar intake is actually quite low. So for people who are, you know, yeah, I'm sensitive to white sugar and honey and maple syrup and all that stuff. And it doesn't bother me. We have had some people say like, oh, just do this straight up alcohol, but it's pretty fierce. It's pretty strong. And in the beginning, I was like, if I'm going to ask people to take this five times a day, it should be like a yummy treat versus like trying to choke down some strong alcohol, you know? (laughs) Can you take it topically? the essence or does it need to be internal? Absolutely. I mean, that's part of the reason why we use aromatherapy, like the mists that you are familiar with, the anointing oils, the serums, bath salts. We've really tried to get it into as many sort of daily care ritual items as possible, because if you're not going to take it internally, you could miss yourself five times a day, or you could apply this oil five times a day, or a combination of different things so that you get the benefits from taking it. Another thing, let's see, you can also, if you don't want to take it straight, you could put the elixirs in like bottle, like a bottle of water. And then it, you know, sort of distributes it throughout the day and you get several doses. just like every time you drink water from your water bottle. Okay. Okay. Cause I, I want to be super clear on this answer because I know my, um, so, so much, so many people in my audience practice intermittent fasting and they're just not going to be able to take anything with honey in it orally during the fast. And especially people that are fasting, you know, 16, 20 hours. So I want to make sure that they understand what would be the best route for them to take. If they want to do the essence or the elixir, do they take that topically or do they get the mist or the oil? Yeah. So you could do one of two things. If you've got like a four to eight hour window that you are eating, then you could just take the elixirs 
five times. Like, so kind of like almost every hour, every hour and a half, every two hours, you could take the elixir. You just like compress it into the time that you're eating and you're not fasting. Or you can just work with the mists, anointing oils, and other forms that are, are not taken internally. But topically, the essence, that's not the delivery route for the essence. No, actually, we put the flower essences in everything. So yeah, you could say, I'm not taking any of this honey elixir stuff out. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to take the infinite love mist and I'm going to mist myself multiple times a day. There are flower essences in that mist. So you will be just as flower essenced as if you had taken the elixir. Can you turn the essence into a mist yourself, like in a water bottle, or would it not work that way? You could. I'm not sure how the honey would do. But we have, let's see, we have almost 18 different formulas of mists, and they're super yummy. And the aromatherapy profiles are super complex. Like we pride ourselves on, I pride myself on making stuff that's like super complex and different and unique. You won't see like lavender spray. You know, it'll be something kind of fun and interesting. You'll get like six different essential oils and six different flower remedies in there. Thank you. I just, I so want my audience to just go full with this. And I know that a lot of a lot of them are going to have questions about that. So perfect. Actually, to that point, because you're talking about blends, what is the difference between working with single essences versus combinations? Yeah, great question. I recommend people to start with combinations, especially if they haven't worked with flower essences before. It's sort of like tackling something from many different angles and you feel a difference very quickly, which gives you confidence and relief which is great. And then at a certain point, when you sort of have exhausted all the combinations, there's three different levels. There's a stabilization, exploration, liberation. So you can kind of move your way up, you know, or down or in, however you want to think of it, through the combinations. And then at a certain point, you may feel a desire to work with single flower essences. They're more targeted. They go deeper into your sub, like kind of more subconscious patterning. But they're also more subtle. So I don't recommend people to start with them because they really just so much better when you're like, oh, wow, I feel it in the beginning. But we have also a program called the Flower Evolution, which is one single flower essence per month, like a single elixir shipped to your door, which is kind of like also an interesting place to start. It's like the flower that the entire collective needs right now. And each month it changes to something totally new and different. It comes with the support mist or oil. And it's basically what all of us kind of need to anchor in at this particular time. So there are a lot of different ways to do it. So you choose it based on like current events and the current vibe of the world? Yeah. And it's more of an intuitive process, less of an intellectual, but every month I'm usually floored at what happens, you know, like, like, for example, in 2020, there was this flower that I had in my library for years. And it was like, I got the sense that it was too strong. It was like, not really appropriate for for using much. But then it was like, Oh, wow, this is popping up as you know, because we'll all choose the flowers six months in advance. 
And I was like, whoa, what's going to happen in 2020? Why are we working with this flower? Wow, this is like its first debut. You know, I wonder what's going to happen. <laughs> and then the whole 2020 thing hit. And I was like, oh, right. Okay. So, you know, sometimes the plants and kind of have a wisdom of their own and they make themselves be of service in sort of a past, present, future kind of time continuum that, that maybe I don't even really understand until it happens, which is kind of fun. What was the flower? It's called Sacred Datura. It grows here in the desert. It is a highly, highly poisonous flower. I mean, you wouldn't want to like put it in your bath or anything, but it's gorgeous. It's giant white trumpet. It comes out only at night, the moonlight, and these moths that are literally as big as hummingbirds come to pollinate them. It's just a stunning, stunning flower, but very potent and very strong. Could be used in like dark night of the soul or addictions or you know when we're like really suffering about something on the inside oh that's just such a beautiful flower yeah I just looked up pictures of it it looks looks very intense (laughs) um I love that actually another question so the actual essences themselves do they have an aroma at all or are they scentless they do not so the mists anything that we smell is not the flower essence. It has it in there. So anything that you, anything that we make, it has flower remedies in it. Like we would never make something that doesn't have flower remedies. But the frosting on top would be the aromatherapy sense. So like what I meant was like if we perceive a scent, it, that's not the essence. No, it's just the aromatherapy. And if I made two, like let's say I made you two bottles. One is, here's just the aromatherapy blend. And then the second one has the flower remedies added to it. You will feel a difference. Like just the essential oils, it's a little bit flat, like a little bit not, I don't, flat isn't a good word, but it feels kind of flat. And then when you add the flower remedies, it's like, wow, like alive. Like you feel it in your field. You feel it in your body. Something is alive about it. So like if I put it on, will it have an effect on people around me? Absolutely. That's one of the coolest phenomenon that I didn't realize until I started working with people is if one person in a family starts working with flower essences regularly, the whole family will shift and transform, which is kind of wild. And I even had one client I'd been working with her, I think it was about the 10 year mark that she came in and she was like, okay, Katie, I know you're going to think I'm crazy, but I swear my extended family is also changing. Like she's like, even though I only see my brother once or twice a year, he went sober. Even though I only see my mom, my stepmom and my dad once a year, suddenly everybody's getting along better. And it's funny because that's something that my flower essence teacher always said was that what flower essences are actually doing is they're targeting the cellular memories in our DNA. So we carry up to six to eight generations back in our family lineage of information, you know, thoughts that we think are our own, but they're actually, you know, habitual patterns from our family lineage, emotions we think that are are ours, but actually is something that our great grandmother also felt. And then you have that type of messaging that you pull in from people that you spend a lot of time around. I'm sure you've also heard like 
tell me who you spend your, you know, give me the names of the five people you spend the most time with and I'll tell you who you'll be. So there's that. There's also when we're intimate or sexual with someone, we also exchange all of our information for up to seven years, unless you, unless you take a flower essence to make it shorter, which I can tell you about. And then there's also the collective energy, you know, like we, we see when something big like 2020 or 9-11 happens, we see the effect of collective fear and how that kind of spreads. So flower essences help plug us into the truth of ourselves, to our true nature. And they help us turn down the volume on the things that aren't really us, like, you know, collective chaos and patterns in our family that are limiting. Does that make sense? 100%. Hi, friends. I am so excited to tell you about something that I am obsessed with that can revolutionize your health, help with stress levels, support longevity, and really help you when you go out and are having a bit of wine or drinks or all the things. And I'm going to tell you how to get $100 off. So I've been talking about the role of NAD in our health for so long. NAD stands for nicotinamide adenine dinucleotide. It is a coenzyme that is involved in so many processes in our body, including energy production and DNA repair. And it is depleted by things like stress, aging, lack of sleep, alcohol, and of course, too much partying. In fact, a lot of researchers believe that declining NAD levels is one of the key factors in aging. That's why I have been really interested in boosting and supporting NAD levels. And I have tried all the things. You can take precursors to NAD called NR and NMN. I still take NMN. However, I am much more alert by directly giving your body NAD. And historically, the most common way to do that that is accessible to people was through NAD IVs and NAD shots. I actually never did an NAD IV for a few reasons. One, they are extraordinarily expensive. Two, I've been doing the shots, which I liked because they were easy to do. That said, they always made me feel a little bit unwell right afterwards. And I've heard that the IV makes a lot of people feel unwell. So if the shots were making me feel unwell and that was going into the muscle first as like a barrier, I can't even imagine what putting it straight into my bloodstream would have done. Plus with the IVs, you have to sit there for potentially hours. So basically IVs were a no-go for me. So like I said, I was doing the shots, but I was like, I wish there was an easier way to do this. Then a company called Ion Layer reached out to me. Oh my goodness, friends. I am so obsessed. So they make transdermal NAD patches and they have studies showing that these patches actually boost your NAD levels. And what's so amazing is you put on a patch. It's super easy to put on. I have a video on my Instagram about how you do it. You basically get this patch thing with like a negative side and a positive side. You put saline on one side, you mix up the NAD with some sterile water and the NAD that they give you on the other side. Then you stick it to your arm or wherever you want to put it. You put a super cool black patch over it, kind of like how you put the patches over CGMs. And then what's amazing is there are no side effects. You don't feel unwell from it and it lasts for 14 hours and it's so easy. You can do it at home and then you can really decide when you want to do it. So with the shots, I was doing them once a week and I was trying to do them before going out with this patch. Now I put on the patch before going out and it makes me feel so good. It really helps the next day from any alcohol recovery that you may need. And they look pretty awesome with my outfits. Not going to lie. I am obsessed with these patches. I just want everybody to know about them and they are so much more affordable than the shots or the IVs. If you want to boost your NAD levels, support 
anti-aging, help with your stress, help with lack of sleep, and or optimize your partying. You need these patches, friends. And I'm so excited because working with the company has been amazing and they are giving you guys $100 off, which is incredible. So to get that discount, just go to melanieavalon.com slash ion layer. That's I-O-N-L-A-Y-E-R and use the coupon code melanieavalon to get $100 off your first order. I cannot recommend these enough. I'm gonna use them for the unforeseeable future, probably for the rest of my life. It's literally just become part of my arsenal now. Like when I'm getting ready to go out, usually once a week, put on my NAD patch. And even if I don't go out that week, I still like to do one once weekly. Oh, P.S. They're also amazing for traveling. You guys know I'm not a big traveler. I've been doing more traveling recently and I wear these on the plane there and back. Game changer. Although it's really fun at TSA, especially because I already opt out and don't go through the scanner thing. So they already are suspicious. And then they're like, what's that on your arm? And I'm like, it's NAD. And then they're like, what's that? And then I'm like, it's a coenzyme in your body that's involved in a lot of metabolic processes and energy production and DNA repair. And then they just look at me really weird, but it's fine. It's totally fine. So again, that's melanieavalon.com slash ion layer to get $100 off your ion layer kit. It comes with six patches, totally the way to go for boosting NAD levels. And I cannot recommend it enough. melanieavalon.com slash ion layer with the coupon code melanieavalon for $100 off. I've been fascinated by the the concept of carrying the, the trauma or the stress of past generations and if listeners are interested more in that, I had Wim Hof on the show and he's talked a lot about that. I'll put a link in the show notes to it because we talked about it even more. And I just think it's profound. Like the studies have looked at it as well. So it's um, because I know people can think that that sounds a little bit, I know people use the word woo woo, but there's very real things going on there. I'm so glad that you brought up the part about transmitting information sexually and This is probably the most risque question I've ever asked on this show, but I have to ask you, does that transmission of information that's staying in your body sexually, does that require, so like if you use a condom, does it require not using a condom for that information? Oh yeah, no, it's, it's all energetic. So when you surrender to someone like that, when you open it, you know, you're not just opening up your body, you're, you're opening up your whole your whole everything of who you are. So yeah, I mean, whether you're using the barrier of this or the barrier of that or this method or that method or over here or in here, you know, it's all when you have intercourse, you exchange that information. That is so fascinating. And I I was dying to ask you that. So I'm really glad that you brought that up. That's a great question. I've never been asked that before. That was the first thing I I was like, but I wonder, yeah. So so thank you. Well, I mean, it's another thing to teach the kiddos, right? Like to teach teens because like, you know, we thought in our day and age, it was like prevent STDs or getting pregnant if you weren't prepared for it. And now we have this whole other thing to think about. It's like, it's like we, as individuals, we we're like a song, you know, we have our music and then let's say I sleep with someone and then I've got their song playing. And then I sleep with someone else and then I have their song playing. And so, you know, pretty soon if you're looking at, especially like a seven year time period, if you have multiple partners, you may get to a point where you're just like, who am I? Like I'm having a hard time listening to my own inner truth. So in those cases, there is a magical flower, pomegranate, that when taken regularly can help us kind of sift through that process more quickly so that rather than seven years, we can squish it down into one year. 
and sort of cleanse out the reproductive system and cleanse out the energies of other people that just are simply not our own. Wow. Would that have implications going both ways? Like taking the good qualities from people, but also the bad? I don't know if I should use the word good and bad, but say that you have romantic relationships with multiple people, like could good things come from that, but also bad things? Oh, absolutely. I mean, we, we exchange the good, bad, the ugly for sure. And I mean, I wouldn't, although I wouldn't feel like, let's say I was in a relationship with someone who was amazing, but also had bad habits and I wanted to clear out the bad habits, but geez, I really wanted to keep his artistic ability or whatever, just as an example. I think, or I believe that the closer you are to your true nature ultimately is better for you. And the amount of time that you spent in a relationship with this person could have you learning from their strengths and be able to retain that for the rest of your life. We're more talking about trying to think of a metaphor, you know, like if I'm Cheryl Crow and then I introduce Bob Marley in, I can learn from Bob Marley, but ultimately it's better for me to play my own song versus try to play someone else's music. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a great analogy. Also in the world of thinking about other people, so say if people wanted to gift flower essences to somebody, is it appropriate to pick something for them or do people really need to pick their own? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, people love flower essences as a gift. It's such a cool concept. I have people come in the store and I say like, okay, close your eyes, think of the person conjure them they're like right in front of you and then open your eyes which flower do your eyes go to first and sometimes they'll choose that way or sometimes they'll just kind of know what's going on with their beloved and be able to choose something for them so you have a physical store in arizona yeah in phoenix oh that's so cool i want to go in there i want to see what it looks like (laughs) i bet it's a really nice vibe (laughs) yeah it's it's really wonderful we have a big building here in Phoenix and I'm quite the apothecary and you're welcome anytime. Thank you. I did want to ask you, I'm, I'm just so in awe, like, you know, creating your own business is no small feat. What was that process like? Like bringing things to scale and actually creating your company? It was really challenging. I don't have a lot of business experience in my family lineage or that I was exposed to. I didn't know anything about business. I studied sociology in school. I just wanted to help people. (laughs) You know, it was like everything self-taught from accounting to marketing, to social media, to promoting things, to selling. Oh God, how I hated selling in the beginning. But what I found is that you can pretty much like the art of business is the art of figuring things out. And no, you know, any business person you talk to will say, yeah, like it doesn't matter what size you are. You're constantly figuring things out and you're constantly trying to scale to the next level and constantly trying to deal with the next challenge. And for me, business is my spiritual path or a part of my spiritual path. So I believe that a business can only be as good as the person who is leading it. And my business can only be as good as the effort that I put in for my own personal growth. So it behooves the whole company if I make time to be vulnerable, to deal with whatever comes up, to look at my weaknesses. And the business will 
most often show me where all my weaknesses are so that I know exactly where to start. (laughs) So amazing. Do you have any like really big dreams or goals like or things you want to do in the future with it? Well, I would certainly like to reach more people. I mean, we're sold and we sell to many countries around the world, but it would be nice to have some grander presence in Asia in particular. And I mean, if you really want a big, 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 big dream, it would be amazing to work in partnership with some sort of bathhouse concept so that everything could be infused with flower essences from the food to bathing pools to misting rooms to like every kind of experience you could imagine, sort of like a vibrationally enhanced (laughs) playground. That would be really amazing. But right now, it's more just uh, trying to reach as many people as possible. Yeah, actually thinking big, because I was just thinking about how do we do that in our daily life already with something else. And if you think about it, like we paint our walls different colors and that's normal. There could be a point in the future where it's just normal that you, you know, infuse your environment with the flower essences in some capacity. Like it's just something that you do. (laughs) That would be amazing. Yeah. I mean, look at, you know, where essential oils were in the seventies and eighties. That was like the hippie mamas, right? And now it's like, everybody knows what essential oils are. So I think, I think we're, we're kind of where essential oils were at the, in the eighties. It's like, but it'll happen faster (laughs) because the internet. I just think it's so important, especially that distinction you made earlier, because I think a lot of people, when they first see essences, think essential oils. Like that's what they are probably correlating it with. So the distinction there is pretty powerful. Yeah. Yeah. And I've seen such a huge shift in the United States in particular, although all over the world, just in the last two to three years, we primarily sold all the stuff with aromatherapy, mists, anointing oils, all the yummy smelling stuff. We sold to spas. And now what we're seeing is people want the elixirs. They want to feel better. They want personal growth. They want to get it recommended by their naturopathic physician. They want to take it seriously. I just love seeing that shift in our culture that people are like, I want to get to the bottom of why I'm like this. You know, it's almost like gone are the days that we were just like wanting a fluffy experience. Now we're like, but why? And how do I free myself of this? That's kind of exciting. Yeah. No, I love it. Something else I had a question about that you touched on. What role does the lunar cycles or the solar cycle play in everything? So typically we collect flower, day blooming flowers in the sun and night blooming flowers by the light of the full moon. That gives it a little bit different vibe to the remedy. And oftentimes we'll choose to make a flower remedy on full moon or new moon just because it has a particular effect on plant life. Like if you have a jasmine plant outside your door, you'll notice that on full moon and new moon, did you see like explosions of flowers because of the moon's effect? So it like energizes everything in a way that makes making remedies really conducive. So we'll take that into consideration when we're collecting flowers. Also thinking about just the whole process with the flowers growing flowers in your home or outside, does that have an effect energetically as well? 
Oh, absolutely. Anytime you have, you know, you're getting your hands in the dirt or you have a house plant or you have a garden. I mean, if we spent all day, every day in our gardens, I don't think we'd need flower remedies. <laughs> but, you know, we just don't have enough time to do that. So this last year, we turned our office space into a jungle. We bought grow lights and tons of jungle plants. And I cannot tell you the difference it's made to be in that space. It's unbelievable. Oh, I'm so excited. Like what type of plants? Massive ferns and bird of paradise and philodendron, things with like big, enormous leaves, like big ficus kind of fishtail palms. I mean, who would guess that you could grow a bird of paradise in your office? Crazy. But with a little help from the grow lights. And actually, I don't know if you got to that part in the book. There was a crazy guy by the name of Cleve Baxter who worked for the CIA. Yes, I was going to ask you about this. <laughs> he did all the training, the polygraph machine training in the CIA. The polygraph machine is the lie detector machine. And I mean, he must have just been like a funny fellow, right? Because he was sitting in his office one day and he got curious, like, hmm, what would happen if I hooked up my lie detector machine? <laughs> to my to my office plant. And so we did and this started like a whole, you know, several years worth of experiments. One of the first being he was thinking, "Oh, I could just what if I took a, a match and I lit the plant on fire?" And he actually didn't even light it on fire. He didn't even get out the matches. Just thinking about it, the plant started to freak out on the readings on the polygraph. And he was like, "Ugh." You know, like, oh my God, this plant is sentient, is conscious, it has a consciousness. It it read my mind, it feels my intentions. And then he couldn't carry out that experiment. And he did several other experiments where, you know, so, someone would come in the room and they would, there would be several plants and it would like destroy some of the leaves on one. And they'd have some other people walk through and not touch the plants. And the plants could identify when the person who is destructive or violent came back in the room, you could see the stress register on the machines. So essentially, the house plants or the office plants could identify the murder in the room. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And then one last thing I'll share, just because so many people have house plants. He started doing experiments on his office mate as well. <laughs> he had a polygraph hooked up to his office mate's plant. And his office mate went home for... He went home and it was his birthday and, and he knew that, you know, all his friends and family, Cleve, Cleve, the guy who did the experiments, he knew that everybody was going to be like, surprise, when his colleague walked in the door. And so what he did was he traced that precise moment that they all yelled surprise on the readings from his plant in his office. And he found that the plant registered stress at the exact same moment that they yelled surprise. So even though his colleague was, you know, several hundreds of miles away. The plant was still in connection with him and felt his stress in that moment. Yeah, when I read that in your book, I immediately talked about it ad nauseum <laughs> on the Intermittent Fasting Podcast because we record that show every week. And in the beginning, my co-host Jen and I just sort of chat about what we've been learning. And I was sharing that because that's just mind-blowing. And yeah, so as far as like the house plants, so my my hydroponic cucumbers, I didn't realize when I decided to grow cucumbers like how big of a plant it is. Like you're speaking about the jungle plants and everything and um 
it's growing so big and I have it by the window and it started growing its way up the window. And at the very beginning I started, I would like pull it away. Cause I was like, I can't take over the window like that. But now I just let it do it because it has a mind of its own. I'm so obsessed with this plant. Like it's growing its way up my blinds and creating this really beautiful, like immersive, sort of like a jungle feeling. I don't know. Everybody just needs to get plants at home because I, I feel like, I don't know. I'm like, is this what it feels like to have a baby or like, because <laughs> it just feels so alive. And the effects on like my own emotional wellness have been really profound. So I'm a believer for sure. Something else we have in common. I was so excited when I was reading your book and you referenced a lot the work of Stephen Buhner. And for listeners, I recorded the audiobook for his book, Healing Lyme. I've only read Healing Lyme. What were um, some of your favorites that you were talking about? The Secret Language of Plants is phenomenal, incredible. That's like one of the ones, I mean, it's like one of those books that you have a marker and you're just underlining like a million things that you want to come back to or look at. Uh, so good. He, maybe, he has another book, interestingly, that helped me write my book. Yeah, he wrote a book about writing, about like writing nonfiction books in a way that is kind of divine. Super interesting. Oh, wow. I know, like unexpected, right? Because he's so into herbalism, but he has a really beautiful book too. Oh, I'm going to have to read those. Yeah, because like I said, I've only read Healing Lime, which is very intense <laughs> um, and very specific to you know one condition. So I need to read his other book. I know he has a book on fasting. I actually talked to him about recording the audiobook for it, but that book specifically, I think his publishers had the rights to, so they they were selecting the author or the narrator. But I, I just, I really love his book. So, oh, one other thing to touch on, I keep thinking more things, one other thing to touch on. You do talk, and this is something I've become recently very obsessed with because I, have you heard of Somavetic? No. It's like a glass device, hand-blown, but there's precious and semi-precious stones on the inside and it plugs in and lights up and its purpose is to combat uh, detrimental EMF in our environment. And they actually have studies. One of them is actually published in a clinical journal showing its protective effects on human cells from cell phone radiation. It also, some of the devices can structure water. And that's something that you talk about in your book. I was wondering if you talk a little bit about that. And also the pictures of your flower essences, you sent it off to one of the, one of the structure water guys. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, water is such an interesting phenomenon. It's like a recording device. It's kind of like the rainbowy stuff on the back of a DVD or if you're as old as I am, the magnetic tape on a cassette player. Again, you know, you look at those technologies and you're like, but how does it work? And water is very similar. Water is a recording device. There are 440,000 pieces of information on a single panel or cluster of water. And you know, like if you look at the work of Dr. Emoto, the Japanese scientist who has since passed, uh, but his team still carries on the work. That's who we sent in samples of our flower remedies to because they would take high-speed photography of photographs of water as at its freezing point and be able to see the crystalline structure or the structure inherent in the water. And they found, you know, of course, so much interesting information like if you put water in a jar and you wrote hate on the jar there would the there would be no structure almost disturbing to look at if you take a photograph of water that had been stored in a jar with the word love on it it turns into this most beautiful 
kind of snowflake-like crystalline structure. And amazing that something, you know, as beautiful as flowers or music or intention can change the structure of water. It's so malleable and flexible and responsive to the environment and that it can be used as this like recording device in in essence of all the different you know healing capacities of flowers from around the world to help us friends you guys know i love wine do you love wine i've done a lot of research on wine and i truly believe there are a myriad of health benefits the longest lived populations drink wine. The polyphenols have a ton of potential health benefits, activating anti-aging sirtuins, potentially supporting our immunity, maybe even encouraging weight loss. Yep, it's actually not alcohol that makes people gain weight. It's what they eat when they drink. But if you want all of the benefits of wine, the type of wine you're drinking is key. Conventional wine in the US is often full of toxins. We're talking things like pesticides, mold, and additives. Dyes, colorizers, artificial flavors. Have you even seen some wine that says vegan? That's because conventional wine isn't even necessarily vegan because of the additives. I am obsessed with a company called Dry Farm Wines. They're not a wine producer, but rather a wine investigator. They go all throughout Europe and they find the wineries practicing organic practices, and then they test those wines to make sure the wines are, wait for it, low alcohol, low sugar, free of toxins, free of mold, and truly supportive of your health. I'm obsessed with Dry Farm Wines. One of the most fun things for me as a wine lover is you get mixed boxes of wine and it introduces you to varietals from all over the world. The wines taste amazing and you can say goodbye to hangovers. If you think you can't drink wine, you've got to try Dry Farm Wines. I am obsessed. You can get a bottle for a penny. Yes, a penny. Just go to dryfarmwines.com slash Melanie Avalon and use the coupon code Melanie Avalon to claim your penny bottle. That's dryfarmwines.com slash Melanie Avalon. All right, now back to the show. I don't know. I'm just so I'm excited for there to be more and more research on all of this because I think, you know, cultures have known about this for so long and it's been a very real thing. It's had to go through its own like trial and tribulation journey of people being really skeptical or thinking that it's not scientific or there's not, you know, something actually going on there. So I'm really, really excited to see how this information evolves and is taken with credibility. So could we, you mentioned at the beginning that I could take the quiz online and you could tell me what my... Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So for listeners, this is something that Katie offered to do and I'm so excited and I'm sure listeners will love to go and do this on their own after hearing this. But if you go to lotusway.com and again, all this information will be in the show notes that's spelled L-O-T-U-S-W-E-I.com. If you go to the upper left-hand corner, you can click take our flower quiz. And then that's the quiz that you can take to ascertain or identify which flowers might work best for you. And so Katie offered, I'm going to take it in real time right now. And I'm going to tell her which flowers I pick. And she's going to give me even some more information on what that might mean. So I'm on page one. So Hong Kong orchid, black bat flower, fireweed, mandevilla, silk floss. See, I feel like I go for pinks a lot. Hollyhock, pink magnolia, bamboo. Oh, a non-pink. I know. <laughs> I know. I love bamboo so much. Okay, so I can give you 
kind of like a little bit of information about each selection that you made, you'll always be drawn to what you need the most in the moment. And if there's something that I say that maybe doesn't hit the mark, you can be sure that there's a lot of other elements to the flower. You know, I can send you information about it. You can look it up and you might be like, oh, well, I didn't resonate with this piece, but I really resonate with this piece. So we'll just start at the beginning. The Hong Kong orchid, that is a sexy flower. That's like total self-love and self-acceptance as you are. It's oftentimes for those of us who have hold really high standards and sometimes run the risk of being too hard on ourselves. That's me. <laughs> like to a T. So it brings in a little more gentleness and helps us be seen and heard without being so hard on ourselves. Black bat flower is one that's been coming up a lot for people recently. It's a wild looking flower with bat wing petals and it's about transmuting any sort of anger or fear or like being afraid of our own anger and what we're capable of, like alchemizing that into advocacy for ourselves and others. So being able to draw the line and say like enough is enough or to be able to protect yourself or others in a way that you can like harness that anger versus like being afraid of it like oh what if I say something and I offend somebody you know being able to really embrace the anger and and use it to make you move forward oh my goodness can I comment on that really quickly yeah of course so something I've been working a lot on recently so I historically with anger I always sort of suppress well I don't really identify as an angry person so I I don't feel anger that much. But if I did, I had this idea in my head that anger was something we shouldn't feel, like that it's a bad emotion, that like you like you shouldn't be angry, basically. And I've been going through this evolution, you know, working with my therapists and stuff about feeling anger. Because the the more work I do, I realize I do have anger inside of me about certain things. And my initial reaction to that has been, oh, but I'm not like, it scares me because I'm like, I'm not supposed to feel anger or that was my perception. So I've been working on experiencing anger as, you know, just a feeling with a purpose and not, not a bad thing. So everything that you just said really, really resonates a lot. Of course, of course. You know what you need, even if you don't know, you know, right? (laughs) Fireweed, man, fireweed is an incredible plant. They call it a pioneer species. There are various types of pioneer species, which is a plant that comes into the environment and takes, like, for example, if you see wildfires in the forest, fireweed needs the heat of the fire to be able to break open its hard casing so that the seed can sprout and bloom. And that flower helps the environment adjust to trauma like forest fires, not only the ground, but the animals. So for us humans, when we're attracted to fireweed, it's usually when there's like some sort of, you know, we all have it, some kind of old memory or heartbreak or traumatic thing that happened a long time ago. And it's like very subtly somehow still affects us. So it helps to sort of take the charge or the trigger out of whatever that memory is so we can heal the heart and experience more forgiveness of ourselves and others. That's beautiful. I love that's amazing. <laughs> Mandavia, wow, another gorgeous like pink spire it spirals open into this gorgeous bloom and 
and it's um it has a lot to do with fear of loss you know like when we're afraid we're going to lose a relationship or a best friend or maybe we're moving and we're afraid things are going to change or there's just something about like a person place or thing that we're either afraid to lose or like become separate with and so Mandavia really helps us embrace falling in love with the present moment and being patient with ourselves and others and being able to experience either experience loss or be able to you know move through it and experience the flip side as far as the fear of loss is it just the fear of loss of like good things or could it be fear of loss of things that might not be serving you, whether it's people or habits or. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, any kind of change creates loss, even if, you know, let's say we've got someone in our lives who's, you know, not a good influence on us. We still experience loss when we cut them out of our lives. Absolutely. And then silk floss. Silk floss is about confidence. It's about feeling really comfortable in your own skin, no matter what. Uh, situation that you're thrown into and really allowing yourself to shine. You know, I think so many of us, you know, you have a podcast that's very successful, you're out there, but there's still maybe like a little part of you that's shy or like hesitant to like really let yourself shine. I am like the most introverted, shy person and people are always shocked by that, but (laughs) like you have no idea. (laughs) So... Yes, that really resonates. Hollyhock. Hollyhock typically has a lot to do with relationships. It can pop up when we have a relationship with someone that we're just like, oh my God, this is hopeless. Like, I can never get along with this person. Or why am I so irritated? And like, I'm so irritated that my skin's getting irritated and I'm breaking out. Or like, I have rash or, you know, just something in a relationship somewhere is just like, oh, why can't I make this work? It can also be a really powerful remedy for fear of betrayal. That's hollyhock. It comes in to be really soft, gentle, you know, to help us see that resolutions and relationships are much easier than we think. Was that the eighth one or was there? Two more. Can you handle two more? Yes, please, please. Okay, so pink magnolia, you would at this point in time tend to give all your energy, time, and resources to other people and forget about yourself that you also need self-care and nurturing. So Pink Magnolia would remind you to take breaks and to take time for you. And lastly, bamboo, magical grass. Um, Some species of bamboo grow a foot a day. They're extremely powerful. It's the essence of determination. I can do it, making the impossible possible. So if you have big projects in the horizon that you're like, oh, can I do it? Am I capable of doing it? Bamboo just like, gives you the energy and the determination to make it possible, make it happen. I have always been so attracted to bamboo. Like for just, I just love bamboo. Do you have bamboo in the book? We do. Yeah. Oh, perfect. Yeah. So listeners, you have got to get the book. Like I said, literally the most beautiful thing ever. Not only does it have everything that we talked about and the science and all of that, but it has a beautiful, massive gallery with pictures of all of these flowers and then more about them and you know what they do and what they might be saying about you kind of like what Katie just said so definitely 
definitely check it out. I bet everybody's going to run now to your website and take the quiz. So like, do you have a favorite flower? I mean, uh, this is a hard question, but I would say like my all-time favorite is Night Blooming Jasmine. It's it's in the book too. It's like a, a white star-like flower when visually there isn't much you know, interesting about it. It's not flashy. It's It's very quiet looking, but when you walk by it at night, it just hits you with a wave of incredible fragrance and it's just really, really beautiful flower. Oh my goodness. I love this. Well, this has been absolutely amazing. I just so thoroughly enjoyed this conversation and I am just so grateful for everything that you're doing. And I'm also grateful. So for listeners, if you'd like to get your own essences or myths or anything from Katie's website, you can go to lotusway.com and then the coupon code podcast will actually get you 15% off your first order. So I cannot recommend enough using that and jumping on that and integrating it into your life. Katie, was there anything that we didn't touch on that you wanted to draw attention to? I guess the only thing that comes to mind is is just to say that there is another really cool study that you would probably like. It's a 10-year longitudinal study where they looked at how our emotions affect other people. And they found that if your friend's friend's friend becomes wildly happy, it has more of a beneficial effect on you than if someone put $5,000 cash in your pocket. And conversely, if you become wildly happy, it has more of a beneficial effect on your friend's friend's friend than if we put $5,000 cash in their pocket. I'm so curious about the, like the setup of that study. Yeah, it was in Boston. It's referenced in the, in the back of the book, so you can see. But I think, you know, it's fascinating because so many of us, you know, we have low points in our life where we're just like, how am I making any difference here? What's the purpose of my life? And it couldn't be any further from the truth that we're not making a difference because in every moment we're making a difference with our state of mind. And, you know, you, I like to say, like, you might be dancing naked in your bedroom and no one can see you, but the fellow who just retired and he's kind of questioning, what am I supposed to do now? And he's mowing the lawn down the street might be hit by a wave of joy emanating from your heart, you dancing naked in your bedroom with no one looking at you, you know, and that in every moment, our state of mind is impacting people, people who we don't even know. Phenomenal. It's like we couldn't be more powerful as human beings. And why not use something natural from the earth like flowers to help us amplify all the positive qualities that we have and move through all of the tough spots with more ease so that we can just, you know, spread more of that all over the world. I am so glad you said that. I feel like that is something that is going to, you know, when you learn something and it it sticks with you for the rest of your life, I think that it will probably stick with me because normally up until now when I have these moments, because, you know, sometimes you have moments of like happiness, like you just said, of, you know, a beautiful, happy feeling. And I love feeling that, but I've never really taken on the lens of, oh, like it's not just me feeling this, like it's affecting the world at large. So that is wonderful. You know, it just occurred to me too, that sometimes we feel selfish for feeling good. Yes. Oh my goodness. Yes. Oh, sorry. I'm freaking out now. No, hundred percent. Literally. I talk about this with 
again, my therapist all the time. Cause when I feel good feelings, I feel like that's very selfish because not that it's selfish, but that it's only helping me. So like what purpose does it serve? So this is a huge reframe. <laughs> Massive. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, it's so interesting that 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 happiness feeling spreads happiness. Oh my goodness. I love it. This is amazing. Well, that's perfect. This goes so well because the last question that I ask every single guest on this show, and it's just because I realize more and more each day how important mindset is surrounding everything that we do, like we just talked about. So what is something that you're grateful for? So many things, but at this moment in time, I am feeling so deeply grateful for life, for putting me in very, very, very challenging personal situations so that I can see what work still needs to be done and do some cleanup or some self-compassion work and learn how to love myself even more. Yeah, just so grateful for life and the people that I've surrounded myself with that they can act as a mirror to like show me where I'm at on my path and what's the direction to go in. That is beautiful. I love that. Well, Katie, thank you so much for your work, for all that you're doing. I'm I'm just so honored and grateful and thrilled about all of it. I'm super excited for my listeners to all dive in and experience it for themselves as well. Are there any other links that you would like to put out there? Your website, Instagram, how can people best follow your work? Yeah, we're on all the social media channels. I should just say that our blog is a crazy resource. So if there is anything that you're looking for, if you just type it in the search bar and click on pages, you'll see like a million different articles about flowers pop up. Use it as a resource. And also we have an amazing team of people working here. So if you get lost or confused, or you're just like, I want to talk to a human being, you can call us or you can write to us like, what flower do I need? I'm confused. We're you know, every single person on my team loves helping people get connected to the flowers that they need. So feel free to reach out. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for listeners. We'll put links to all of this in the show notes. Again, the show notes will be at melanieavalon.com slash flowers. And thank you, Katie. I am just so like happy that we met and I'm so grateful for this conversation and hopefully we can talk more in the future. Absolutely. Such a joy. You're such an incredible host. And I'm going to send you a big box of goodies now that I know exactly what you need. Oh my goodness. I'm excited. Thank you. (laughs) All right. Well, enjoy the rest of your day. All right. You too. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Melanie Avalon Biohacking Podcast. For more information, you can check out my book, What Win Wine, Lose Weight and Feel Great with Paleo-Style Meals, Intermittent Fasting, and Wine, as well as my blog, MelanieAvalon.com. Feel free to contact me at podcast at MelanieAvalon.com. And always remember, you got this.